fake guest music. Oh, shit. Oh. How can we mess it up after all these times? I know. What is this? 60? Oh, maybe. 70? Or maybe 59. 59 or something. 59 for the, yeah. Piddlies. Fuck. I don't know. All right. Hello and welcome to Michigan. Another Mayhem the Show about Michigan. Murder, mysteries, histories, and other random mayhem from around the world. Your hosts are Allie. And Jen. At least I know my name. And I get it right every time. Yeah, I'm going to need some coffee after this bad boy. <laughs> Somebody needs to play the wake-up game. Oh, yeah? Yep. I'm going to need it. You don't have creamer, though, because you drink it black. And I am not as boss as you are. I keep hot chocolate here for you, though, to oh, put yeah, in I your do coffee. Put, I do put hot cocoa in Just my coffee. Just put more of it in it. You're right. I've done that before. Oh, and survive. I have milk. Yeah? Yeah. I don't know if I've actually ever put milk in my coffee. Well, that's... what. I think that's what they did back in the day. I know. I'm such a coffee drinker that I was from back in the day coffee drinking. So, like, I I didn't I actually started drinking in, like, 2006 or something like that. Oh. Late in life. Didn't you drink coffee early? Yeah. My daughter, um, I found out that her paternal grandmother was giving her coffee around age two. Just a little bit. Oh. Yeah, she told me. Hmm. Nice. <laughs> and I was just like, she what? And I was like, all right, I try not to get involved since we're divorced and, you know, it's not my place. I try not to get involved. <laughs> she lived, she grew, she formed well, she's in society. We're all right. Yeah, right. <laughs> I did, tr- I tried coffee with cream. Sometimes I drink it with hazelnut creamer or something. Like oh, that. I love hazelnut creamer. It's my favorite. But I can't get into the, like adding sugar and, uh, uh-huh. though I will drink a latte. Okay. I'm not a latte drinker, really. My dad was the, um, he used to do the instant where it disappears in the coffee. Oh, that's disgusting. And two heaping sugars is what he liked. And he he, would drink, at one point, they had a a small heart attack, but then they found out he needed a quadruple bypass because his stuff was really clogged up. But they asked him, how many coffees do you have a day? And he guessed about 15. Oh, I have a lot. Yeah. At one point, I was like, that is crazy. But then one day when I was doing something, I'm like, oh, I had a lot of coffee today. It was something like six to eight cups that day. <laughs> I was wow. like, whoops. <laughs> yeah. What do you got today? I want to tell you about some hotels that burned down, just in case you weren't feeling unsafe enough in your environment. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I have the murder and decapitation of Brooks Locum and Charles open ear they were both decapitated one of them was oh, okay and it's called the craigslist murderer Ooh. Dun, 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 dun. so i'm gonna assume that they hooked up via craigslist <laughs> yeah do you want to go first or something it's whatever you want um i don't know what did we do last time do you remember you went first all right you go first this time okay all right so, the murder and decapitation of Brooke Slocum and Charles Opener. So, Brooke was 18. She was about eight months pregnant. And Charles was 25. They were from Grand Rapids. Oh, shit. Michigan? Mm-hmm. I didn't realize it took place in Michigan. Yep. That, the poison candy that never happened. That every thing is happening. This is awful. <laughs> <laughs> so... They were hard up for money. 
So they posted on an ad on Craigslist requesting to borrow $50 for gas. Wait, you asked? Wait, I know what Craigslist is, but I've never seen anybody like, can you give me $50? That's I guess. Weird. I don't know. Have you ever seen Craigslist? I went on it a couple times okay. just browsing. Yeah. And there's all different categories. Yeah. And I stayed away from it once. People were like selling things on Craigslist and getting murdered okay. or robbed. So I stayed away. I stayed from away it. after one time. I don't know how I got there, but um, I was like, that's a naked dude. So I was like, I'm cool with that. <laughs> <laughs> so. I think it was about a week later, so they posted this ad for $50, okay. but about a week later, Brady Ostrite, O-E-S-T-R-I-K-E. Okay, so I worked with this dude, and that was his name, and everybody called him Ostrike. But there was this lady who used to, um, who was in the army, who was an x-ray tech, and she spent a lot of time in Germany and knew German, and she used to call him A-Strike. But he was like, I don't know if that was like the proper German pronunciation, mm. but we all called him Ostrike. Yeah. Yeah. See, I wondered about that. <laughs> I thought I thought I saw something about that guy's name, and I was like, is uh -huh. it Ostrike or A-Strike? Yeah. <laughs> yes. So he replies, and the conversation quickly goes from, you know, just requesting a donation or to borrow money to a sex for money situation where Brady offered them $125. Wait, he offered them $125? Like, what was the mm -hmm. sex deal? I didn't have, there's no detail on exactly what he was asking. But it's going to be some sexual encounter. And I believe in some of the articles I read, she was, Brooke was telling him that it would be her because her boyfriend wouldn't do that. Oh, uh, okay. So pretty much you're going to have sex. She's going to have sex with him for $125. Okay. On July 12th, 2014, they met Brady, age 31, in a Wyoming, Michigan park around 1130 at night. The couple was reported to have met Brady for the sexual encounter to get the $125. Okay. About three days after they were at the park, Charles's car was found abandoned and his body was in the car headless. Oh my gosh, I assumed for some unknown reason that he decapitated the woman. Yeah, no, it was the boyfriend. Wow. Brooke was found to be missing at this time. So they have Charles's body. They find his body. Yep, but Brooke's nowhere to be found. Okay. The police searched Brooke and Charles's home, as well as the internet history. And this search, the police became aware of Brady. Okay, so they see that they've messaged between them about a deal for meeting up for sex. Okay. Yep. When the police executed a search warrant at Brady's Wyoming, Michigan home, he fled by car. He eventually crashed the car, then killed himself by sh shooting oh. himself. And there's video of the, like, the car chase online. You can see the car chase and where he runs into the side of a, looks like a bridge. So like a cement wall of a bridge. 
And then just shoots himself without getting out of the car? Or mm-hmm. Shoots himself in the car. Dang. Where's the girl at? Well, yeah. when the police searched Brady's car, they found Brooke strangled to death in the trunk oh, of his car. I was so hoping she was still alive. In searching his home, it is believed he had held her there prior to killing her. They also found disturbing video, which was released to the public. It's on YouTube. I watched it. It is pretty disturbing. Of Brady preparing his home to hold his victim. To hold her? Yeah. But he ends up strangling her instead. He took her back to the house. Okay. Probably abused her. Yeah. I would assume. And then strangled her to death. I thought he would keep her for longer. So. I was hoping at least so that they could find her alive. You know yeah. what I mean? And it was thought that he, they executed the search warrant. Mm-hmm. And he somehow got her out of the house at that point. That's why she's in his trunk at this point. No way. Yeah. Oh, no way. Yeah, that's what. So that's what they think is that somehow he was able to get her out of the house and then in the trunk. That is crazy. So we're going to fast forward a really long time because right now we're in 2014. Oh, that, that was 2014 that happened? That was 2014. Okay. Sorry. ADD. Probably. No, that's fine. You probably I, said that. I had a question. <laughs> Sorry. So we're going to fast forward all the way to March of 2019. Okay. Okay. The skull of Charles was found on March 26, 2019 in Alpine Township in a wooded area near Gazon? G-E-Z-O-N Park. Okay. Mm-hmm. It is now. Yep. <laughs> After forensic anthropologists identified the skull, it was said most likely Charles died of gunshot. I wonder why he took his fucking head. Yeah, I know. Probably skull fucked him later. He's probably a sick fuck or something like that. Some other information on Brady I found was in May of 2014, he had a woman he had met on Craigslist move in with him. He then um, chained her in his basement and physically and sexually abused her. This lady actually escaped. Whoa. Now get this. Told police what happened and did not press charges. What? Yeah, she didn't. And so I'm... But to, the police at that point, if they're aware that a crime has occurred, they don't need you to press charges. Yeah, well, nobody pressed charges. The fuck? And there was a couple articles... I couldn't find a, a, a good, reliable one. Because, you know, when you read them, oh, everything's yeah. different. That it seemed like maybe for a short period she went back or something. Okay. I don't know. So it made the police not believe that she had been kidnapped the first time? Maybe. But you would be surprised what you do when your head gets all fucked up. Like, people will make some weird decisions that standing back later, you're like, why would they ever do that, you know? Yeah. And on the day he killed Charles, he was scheduled to fly to Vegas to meet a woman he met on a sexual fantasy website. Shit, so girl. So this dude was up prowling the internet. Yeah, well, that girl that he did not meet because he got caught by the cops just had her life saved. Right? Oh, my gosh. So lucky for her. So no more, uh, nobody should be on Craigslist. Yeah, everybody be careful. But, you know, I think about that when people sell things on Facebook. Yeah. Like, no way. No way am I driving to your house to buy something from you. Uh, so well, you Melina sells me things, but she makes them 
Out on the sidewalk. They're out on the sidewalk, not at her house. She doesn't, they don't come in or anything. Yeah, even so, I wouldn't want them to know where I live. Yeah, all they could do is, I don't know, people know where you live. They don't have to know about, you know, me in particular. If they wanted to find someone, they could just stand around watching people walk out their front doors. Correct, but you're asking for it. Oh, no, I don't think so. I think so. You could be murdered. You could be murdered just sitting in your house. They can just come in. Correct, but you can be really murdered when you're selling things on the internet. <laughs> I don't. You're saying the chance is higher? I'm just saying there's a chance, and I ain't taking the damn chance. Yeah. More power to all those people that are selling things yeah. on the internet. Jen is not selling shit on the internet. I respect your decision. I do. So what I'm going to do now is also tell you about people dying in fires. It's horrifying. But they're historic hotel fires in Michigan. It's at both the Kearns and the uh, Winona hotels. So it's okay. going to be two hotels catching on fire. Okay, I'm ready. And I don't know if I ever told you, but one of my fears is to be in a building really high up, like, you know, a lot of floors high, and then there'd be a fire. Really? Yeah, I could never live in the city where you live on, like, the 19th floor. Mm-mm. Uh uh-uh, uh, or anything higher than five. <laughs> no, thank you. So, the Kearns Hotel was built in 1909 along the Grand River in Lansing, Michigan. It was built with a brick exterior and a wooden interior, originally containing 162 rooms. So, I wrote Michigan's a lumber state, so the wooden interior was standard for the time. And it contained four stories and was upgraded to a 211-room hotel in 1934. So the hotel was very popular for state legislatures due to its location to the state's capital, Lansing. And it was beautifully located at the edge of the river, and it was in the heart of the town. So it's it's got location, so location, location, yep. right? Everything's working. People like going there. The Kearns Hotel was also known for their restaurant and bar. And on top of that, it was the first hotel in Michigan that piped ice water to each of the rooms. Which, as an ice water lover, as somebody who literally it drinks... Piped? Yeah. So you had your own ice water that you can just pull right out of a tap, cold water. Yeah, dude. <laughs> the look on your face. Yeah, I'm so confused. You're... Like, So they had cold water in their room coming from a faucet. Yeah, and that's a big deal at this time. Well, what, what other kind of water comes out of the faucet other than hot? Usually there'd be no water. You have a, Oh, a I get what we're saying. I get what we're saying. Okay. Okay. <laughs> right. Okay. I got All right. it. All right. And I was, I will, that happen. Moving on. I will make no comments about the fact that you are naturally blind. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Okay. So on December 11th, 1934, the same year the hotel decided to add um, new rooms, it caught fire. And it was believed that the hotel manager, David Monroe, had discarded a lit cigarette in his room. And the one thing I just wanted to be like, I don't know how they made that determination or if at that point they just needed someone to, um, you know, be guilty. But Jesus Louise, just imagine. But he was one of the people who died in the resulting blaze. And about 30 minutes after the fire started, it was... Um, Noticed by a night watchman around 5.30 in the morning. So about it's been going for half an hour before anybody even notices, right? Okay. So he immediately sounds the bell to alert the fire department of his discovery. Thank you, night watchman. That's why we need him. 
So there were 100, uh, 100, 215 guests in their room that night. The fire department was able to arrive quickly, evacuating many of the people on the first two floors. Okay. Mm-hmm. Those people are safe. However, the wooden interior had helped the fire spread quickly throughout the structure. And fire ladders and nets were brought to the exterior of the stru- structure, trying to assist people trapped on the upper third and fourth floors. So the fire is between them and safety. Others, desperate to escape the heat, heat flares and flames began to jump from their windows down to the kitchen roof below because it was, you know, a couple stories high. So they're like, it's less of a fall. But eventually the roof to the kitchen collapsed, cutting off even that dangerous, you know, way Mm -hmm. of escaping. Some of the victims of the fire tried to jump into the nets below, but missed and died after falling to the ground. So they missed the net completely. Um, Some people also attempted to leap from their windows into the Grand River, but unfortunately, due to it being winter, the river was freezing and it's filled with ice, possibly frozen solid. And to make matters worse, the fire, you know, as the fire continued, the exterior brick walls began collapsing onto the rescuers. Oh, okay. So, yep, not good at all. Yep. The Kearns Hotel fire is thought to be the worst in Lansing's history. Because if you imagine it, everybody on the second or third and fourth floor, the people who are, um, you know, the rescuers getting bricks and shit dropped on them. So it's determined that 32 people died at the scene with two others later succumbing to their injuries and perishing at the hospital. There were 44 injured. Of those who died, there were 14 firemen who died and seven state legislatures. I kept trying to want to say the wrong word. An announcement made at the scene recalled that the first body being pulled from the site came from the river and was thought to be Senator John um, Lidaline. Lidaline. It is now. It is now. Senator Leiterline did die due to the fire at the Kearns Hotel, but that was a misidentified body. So Senator William Hanna died after missing the safety net. So, but I'm reading this old time newspaper clipping and they're like, um, they must be coming out with the newspapers like one after the other because that article that was from actual 1934 was correcting a previous article from like that morning. They're like, we they thought it was um, Senator Lidaline, John Lidaline's body. Uh, it wasn't his. It's misidentified. We found out later that he did die in the fire, though. And But, yeah, it was kind of crazy to read the old-timey news report and all the... You could tell that ma- they must have made assumptions when the fire started, and then they had to make their own corrections, like, that day, maybe for an evening paper. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I love the old-timey old time. old time newspaper. Extra, extra. Yeah, or they're... <laughs> Printing them out as they go. Yeah, literally, like it says breaking news on <clears throat> TV. Here you go. Yeah, true. Um, the Detroit Fire Department sent a crew to Lansing to assist them in dealing with the tragedy. It arrived in Lansing about 9:30 a.m. And remember, it was discovered at 5:30. So, and immediately they began work um, to secure the scene and search for survivors. But the, that fire crew now had been on scene for four hours, so they, you know, they're exhausted. They got PTSD and stuff. So they were there to give the Lansing Fire Depart- uh, Fires reprieve so that they could take a moment and rest and mourn the loss of their co-workers. The Detroit Fire Crew also brought extra equipment to aid in the cleanup. So due to the death of the legislatures, um, legislators, I wasn't gonna say that's anything. the third time. <laughs> but thank you for trying to be quiet about it. Thank you, Jen. Special elections need to be held in four different districts. So because people now, you know, this caused the political um, power to shift from Republican to Democrat with a seat win. 
And at least one senator's wife was compensated financially for her husband's death. Hmm. Yes. And that took, yeah. It, there was so much misinformation about that fire. It was really hard for me to determine what happened. It was crazy. Yeah. Yes, but now I'm going to tell you about the Winona Hotel fire, another tragic fire. Where's that at? Bay City, Michigan. So the Winona was a hotel that was built in Bay City, Michigan. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It opened November 9th, 1908. It was a four-story upscale. So now I'm like, oh, even four-score stories. That's it. Again, see? <laughs> yeah, right. uh, uh, upscale hotel, and it was received with a lot of fanfare. So the night it opened, about 1,000 people had purchased tickets to enter the hotel's restaurant and eat for the night. And, yeah, I was like, this it must have been just like, yeah, fucking bonkers in 1908. Mm -hmm. 11 stores were built in the first floor, and the main floor lobby was near one, or what the fuck with the words, Allie, and excuse my language, mom, she's going to get so mad with the F words, but I'm sorry, (laughs) and I'm sorry, Maurice. (laughs) So 11 stories were built into the first floor, uh, and the main floor lobby was about 5,000 square feet. And the hotel was constructed with mostly concrete and steel, with wood only being used for interior finishes like door jams and window seals. So we're like, all right, they don't make the Kearns mistake. Yep. On December 10th, 1977, the Monona Hotel caught fire around 7 a.m., and it had since been turned into a block of apartments with about 140 residents. So it was no longer a hotel. It's an apartment. Mm-hmm. About 140 people. Dave Shore, who operated a radio station from the hotel lobby, stayed on air reporting the fire until he had to be evacuated at 7.30 a.m. So for 30 minutes while the hotel's on fire, he's in the lobby um, giving off reports on his radio station. So it was reported that the people on the top two floors we're still jumping from the building until 8.15 a.m. That's how long this shit went on. Wow. Yeah. Machines with cherry pickers were brought to the scene from Michigan Bell and Consumers Energy, trying to reach the people at the top. Civilians also brought ladders to the scene, working to assist people out of the building. There's this one um, picture that I saw where there's a man, just like a regular straight-up dude on a ladder, grabbing a kid from a window from this woman. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. Every article that I read had a different speculation on how the fire started. It's another one because it's from so long mm-hmm. ago, right? So I read everything from a mentally imbalanced man in the hotel, possibly being an arsonist, um, along with speculation on a grease fire. Uh, faulty wiring is another one. But the cause of the fire is still unknown. There was additional speculation that the fire had grown so quickly because of a uh, highly flammable paneling that was later added to the structure. So paneling was later added, later added for looks. Okay. It's highly flammable and that shit just burns up. Hmm. So a man named Randy Badgero, who was an ambulance driver at the time, drove to the hotel after seeing smoke. So this is before anybody even knows there's a fire there. He, him and his dude are in the, their ambulance. They look over, they see smoke, and they're like, what the hell? So they drive over there. Randy and his partner were the first ambulance on the scene, and the first person they treated was a man who jumped from his window, landing on the sidewalk in front of them. And Randy said he still has moments of PTSD from... I would think so. ...from the tragedy, being part of the tragedy. Oh, yeah. So you see smoke, you pull up, like, what's going on? Boom, somebody lands in front of you and is near to dead. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
The city was in the middle of a cold snap, and one of the fire hydrants that the firemen had tried to use was frozen. And when the water did start to pump out, it was like more like sprinkling. So it froze on the sidewalks and the streets and truck ladders, creating Lord. ice. Yeah, adding difficulty to this whole rescue mm-hmm. process, right? So there were 10 fatalities, and at 10 a.m., firefighters were able to pull back on their main assaults on the fire. Now, remember, old boy knew at 7 there was a fire, and at 10 o'clock, it's finally out. The roof had collapsed, and a majority of the fire was out at that time. The Bay City County Historical Museum has an exhibit on the Winona Hotel fire, if you want to see some stuff. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I have some pictures and some links of, of course, I always have, like I always have in the show notes, but you can see on one of them just a regular guy grabbing a toddler out of a window hmm. from probably maybe its mother or someone. Who knows? I'm just assuming it's its mom. That's sad. Yeah. So to perk us up, because that's a real fucking bummer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel sad as shit. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? It just makes your damn week. Um, trip advisor, uh, I have a TripAdvisor review of the Econo Lodge, Battle Creek, Michigan. And this one comes from Mike M. And the title of his review is Brutal with an exclamation point. <laughs> okay. So we arrived at 3 in the afternoon to police cars in the parking lot. I asked at the desk what was going on, and the clerk had very little English skills other than $44 for the room. Not sure what that was all about. I also asked the clerk where the arena was. He did not know of any arena. As we entered the facility, the hallway and room were dark, musty, and cold. Took a while to figure out how to get the heat on in the room. I was going to call the desk and ask, but did not want to pay $44 again. (laughs) The drain in the plug shower was not operational and stuck in the down position. Not sure how they get the water out of the tub. So, place service its purpose, though. Very convenient location to Kellogg Arena. And about a, about a half a block away. And you can see it from the front desk. Battle Creek police, policemen were very helpful in pointing it out to us. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he's like, he's like, uh, where's the arena? The guy's wow. like, I don't know of any arena. You can literally see it from the front desk. <laughs> nice. So, this says, date of stay, February 2013. Trip type, travel as a couple. Room tip, bring a weapon, exclamation point. <laughs> <laughs> That's Mike's advice to stay there. So Debbie, here's what Debbie had to say. And it's also not nice. Bug infested is her title. And it said, I would recommend this place. I would not recommend this place unless you know for 100% sure that the roaches are gone. (laughs) They are infested. The Battle Creek, Michigan Hotel. Um, my husband stayed there three nights because they said they would take care of it. And every night when he got back, he found two or three bugs running around in his room. They did nothing to make it better. I truly believe that they should spray after the first day. <laughs> Instead, they told them they would take care of it and did nothing. Date of stay, July 2019. And first of all, I'm like, wow. wow, Debbie, I would have lost my damn mind if I came back to cockroaches in my room. And I wouldn't be mad that they didn't spray chemicals in my effing room. No, I- <laughs> no. No, I've been mad that they didn't give me my money so I can go stay somewhere else. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So here's a positive experience. (laughs) (laughs) Really? But it came from January of 2014. Okay. So this might have been some time ago. From Grace M. She wrote, I am a professional who stayed at the Econo Lodge for four nights and truly enjoyed myself. The room I had was clean and had nice decor. 
There was a fridge and a microwave. For the price of $42 a night, I was not expecting this. The front desk staff was honest. Bob returned my $50 bill when I accidentally gave him an extra one. The staff was willing to give me breakfast even when I got up late and everything was already put away. I felt like they were my family while I was away from home. True, the place was not an upscale in, not in an upscale neighborhood, but I am quite familiar with the homeless population. I did not see any hookers, addicts, or smell drugs inside this hotel, as others talk about. I had a positive experience here. What year was the first review? 2013. So it was bad. This lady comes the next year. It was good. good. But by 2019, we got... Shit's hit the fan. We've got cockroaches and the best that people are willing to put up with is we'll spray your room. I would not appreciate that. That would have just grossed me the hell out. I would... I need counseling... But connect with us at michigananothermayhem.com to join the conversation, listen to the podcast, access show notes. Oh, I missed a section. <laughs> I wasn't going to say nothing. You could have just I, kept going. I, I just need nobody, Maybe nobody would have noticed, you know but now they noticed because you had to stop. Oh, hell. Rate, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Anchor, and YouTube. Bye-bye now.